So basically, okay, <laughs> as always, it comes with a story. So I've been trying to raise my vibration. I'm at that point in Ank Life, um, you know. Do, um, do you say Ank Life? I'm, where I'm dead. It's all about, <laughs> yeah, Ank Life. So... <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to a new episode of Don't Let the Stands. This is season six, episode seven, and you are here today with your host, Eads McKenzie and Shopper. And as you can tell, we are missing our third member today. Nick is away, just handling a few things. He will be back soon, but we're wishing him the best and look forward to speaking to him soon. But we leave this silence as an opportunity to check in on you guys. Listeners, how are you doing? Have you eaten? Have you had something to drink? How has your week been? You can answer in the silence or whatever, but we're here to listen. Um, Shope, how are you? Um, yeah. So I'm just uh, very, 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 very exhausted. Um, patiently waiting for the end of this month. But you know, let's be positive. You know, earlier in the week, I died. It was my birthday. You know, hey, new. What's the? Oh, I'm sorry, more life and all that jazz and that wonder, as people say. So, um. Thank you to everyone who wished me um, well on that day and the day after and sent me some nice messages and comments and shout out to my friends who called me and everything like that. And also shout out to one particular friend of mine, she knows who she is. She um, took me to the day and paid for most of it. Hey. So um, shout out to her, she knows who she is. Um, so yeah. yeah friends like that. Yeah, love her to death. But um yeah, other than that, I'm just very, very tired and drained. Um mm-hmm. yeah. All the adjectives surrounding exhaustion. But we move. Mm-hmm. And you How sir. does twenty six feel? Oh right, we're still on me. All right. Um <laughs> you know it's it's interesting. It's interesting. Like um I think my first thought was wow, so like I'm approaching thirty, even though it's still four years away, but it's just like wow, okay. Then I was just like really thinking about it. So 10 years ago, I was 16, which means I was doing my GCSEs. I had just left secondary school. And then I just kind of now think about how, even though I'm still very young, I still feel like, wow, I've kind of like um, amassed and attained some semblance of life experiences now. And like, not to like, you know, mm. be on my marriage obliged, but also like, huh, oh, I've been through some things. <laughs> <laughs> mm. And mm. Those, I actually have like some stories to tell when I actually um, have some experiences which I can say have been very helpful and been massive learning curves. Um, but then also, mm. I get I think if I look at especially the last year, how much uh, growth has happened personally and professionally mm. and emotionally, especially the last year. Um, and I think I'm also leaning into, I guess, my adulthood and maturity now that I've left, moved out. And it's just like I definitely feel that um, I'm doing this adulting thing okay. I mean, it's it's ghetto, it's crusty, mm-hmm. as always. Um, but I'm like, oh, okay. So this adulting thing isn't, you know, I'm I'm do- not doing too bad. Hi. And then I think mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. just also very grateful for, like I said, the people. In my life, I think more so. I don't know. I like. I just really, really, really felt loved that day, 
like um, one of my best friends called me at like 11 a.m. Um, he's like a, a big brother slash honorary parent of mine. Um, yeah, for like an hour. Then two other friends called me that day and all the messages on my Instagram and Twitter and things of that nature and WhatsApp, things like that. It's like, wow, like, ah, people really, people really check for me. Ah, so. Mm, they do. So yeah, we that do. is I. <laughs> Hopefully that answers your question. And you like to do, Good. you like to Good. do, um, pseudo-therapist when it's just you and I. No, <laughs> no, I think it just, it's an opportunity to just really hear you. I think it's important um, as co-hosts, but also as friends that we kind of demonstrate what it's like to have a conversation and have an actual interest in how someone's feeling. Um, and also, I think the listeners are always interested as well. I think the dynamic is something they're always invested in. And um, when we're quite vulnerable and we talk about our lives, it allows them to really see us. Um, I've spoken about things on this podcast. And I'm just like, why the hell did I talk about that? And um, yeah, <laughs> I just realized it's because I actually think it's important to just be out there sometimes and kind of connect with people that want to join in in the conversation. So whoever's listening right now, you're here with us and thank you for being here with us. Um, I guess next is me. So, you know, what's weird? Um, what's weird is life is hilarious. And the older I get, the more... I kind of look at life and I'm like, wow. I'm just like, wow. Um, it's almost like life works backwards sometimes. Um, sometimes you will look at things and be like, I knew this already, but I didn't really know it, know it. And that's kind of how my week has been. I've, it's been a lot of wisdom through um, kind of going, like fine tuning through the past and kind of um, looking at areas that I could have been more aware or um more protective of my boundaries and myself as an individual and um learning from that and trying to make sure that I show up better in um my relationships but also with the people that surround me as well so it's been a very educational week I've had the opportunity to just sit here and really be there for myself um, and the more time I take away from social media has been very interesting because not to take away Shop Here Shine, it's his birthday. We've got to celebrate that 26, big up, big up, all those different types of things. But I literally posted a picture on Instagram and the amount of love that I got, I was very surprised about. Very, very surprised. Um, I literally... Eden McKenzie Goddard Mensah. <laughs> For the reference, I shaved my head. I went bald and then it grew back and um, Shoppe is making a Vic Mensa reference. Um, <laughs> but literally, I came back to um, Instagram just for like a day and posted a picture to let people know that I was cool because I've got some people I don't interact with every week um, or even months. And I just came back and was like, how's everyone doing? This is what I've been going through, which is depression. Um, I don't know if I've spoken about that on this, po on this podcast before, but I... 2020 wasn't a great year for me. Um, I spoke about losing my grandfather in a podcast episode last season. Um, I spoke about how COVID was affecting the people around me. Like my dad lost his best friend. Um, and so many things had happened. Like I ended a relationship and um, that affected me deeply because it was a, it was a great relationship. And um, I think for me... 
I had to step back a bit because so many things were happening and um it's a it's it's an ongoing thing um I'm doing the work therapy antidepressants happy to announce that to people on those at the moment I know there's kind of a taboo around that but we're working through it and that's all we can do at the moment but as of this moment this present moment I'm very good man it was I opened the blind this morning and the sun was out and it was warm and I went out on the grass grounded myself a bit and I'm here now so let's start the episode um Shopee, do you want to talk about some music Right, so we're going to get into the listens section, and I think, um, I wrote down a few, but I think I'm just going to do, I think I'm just going to do two today. So, um, I spoke briefly about Supping With Feet's album Deacon, which came out, I think, at the end of March, I believe, and, um, um, and I think I'm now in a place where I'm able to, I guess, give more of a comprehensive not necessarily a review but I guess just my thoughts on what I feel about it and um because I think something with fear is the kind of bias that you just can't really summarize your thoughts or get your ideas about it in just a week or less and like he's definitely an artist whose music you have to live with and sit with and kind of listen to in different contexts and locations and in spaces and even now I still don't really feel like I've grasped the entirety of what this album is, but um, but yeah, no, I just want to um start off by saying that um, I just love him so much. <laughs> just, I just, I just, I just, yeah, I just, I just love this, love this man. He's just um <laughs> such a gift, um, such a gem. So the album is called Deacon, and um, anyone who knows him, he's he's been very um, um, I love the way he's kind of like uh, I guess uh reclaimed religion and spirituality from a black queer perspective and he called this album deacon because he said the deep the role of the deacon is to, to calm and to soothe and to kind of be a listening ear and that's kind of what he wants to be to his friends and loved ones right now that's the space he's in right now and as such this album is way more lighter more playful more joyful and quietly euphoric compared to his other work, which, you know, it's quite, can be quite dark, you know, it's filled with a lot of solace and kind of, um, you know, I guess finding who he is and kind of, not necessarily trauma, but I guess kind of a lot of heartbreak as a man, as a lover, as a friend, but the mood, and I kind of noticed that from the, the singles before the album came out, but even um when I spoke to him last year, this is what he said, that was, this was in the direction he said that he kind of wants to show the spaces in that he's filled with a lot of joy in his life, and I thought that comes through and even though through these songs like fellowship it's just a beautiful song about friendship it's just a beautiful beautiful song and then the way he talks about relationships and love and flirtation like i think the key with him is that his writing his lyrics are so simple but they're so impactful like it's just like if you actually just read them or listen to them like he's not really saying the the most um laborious of metaphors whatever but just like there's something really it's like there's a sense of that he's just not it's just not so overthought out but then it's very beautiful at the same time i don't know that's kind of like a juxtaposition like if you listen to a song like malik or amir or derek's beard which is hilarious then um yeah then also production wise it just seems to be even though it's still like very mellow and calm like we know of him there is a bit more bass here it's a bit i wouldn't even say up tempo because it's not like these are club bangers but they are generally i guess it 
like I said, it's just a bit more lighter and it has a bit more oomph here. And it's just kind of, you kind of really can see the transition from blisters to soil to apparition to now. It's like, I kind of feel like we're seeing a, an arc of who he's come into and grown into over these last five or so years. And um, yeah, this is just an album that continues to get better with each listen. And I just love um, how he's really decentering heteronormative love and relationships and sex stories and not in a way that's so like preachy or it's just like it is what it is I'm a black queer man another black queer man this is me and then it doesn't mean that others can't relate to it like these because there's a lot of beautifully mundane things here like speaking about meeting someone at a bar anyone can relate to that but I don't know I could go on a tangent so many tangents but um it's just yeah it's just it's just a beautiful album I'm a huge fan, continues to be a huge fan. I want to see him again. I want to see him perform some of these songs. And um, yeah, I guess most of my favourite songs on here are definitely Malik, Amir. Heartstorm with Neo is, is beautiful, beautiful. Um, Sailor Superstition. And also another thing, so this was, I want to point this up too. Like, I think he's one of those artists where it doesn't matter what producer he works with. It's going to be his session. It's going to be his sound it's not i don't get a sense of that you know when, when certain artists work producers like you can just tell it's that producer with another artist whereas i was surprised to hear that take a day trip wasn't worked on this album and if you know him he's worked with black and check west and lil nas x have been staples who are obviously big sean who are worlds apart from something with feet but you would never guess if you actually listen to the song they did together like you just wouldn't get that so it just kind of shows that no matter who he works with he is the one centering and he is the one chairing the shift in the studio. It's him, no matter what producer he is. He's clearly got a vision that is consistent throughout all the songs regards to the producer. And I just want to say that. So, um, Serpent with Feet, Deacon, Love Him to Death. If you haven't listened to him, please do. And also, I think that for some people who may have thought that his previous music may have been too left-leaning or too avant-garde and too conceptual, which are, which are fair comments, even though I love him, I can... I can understand that. This album is definitely, I think, a good introduction to him. I think this is a good start. If you've never heard his music before, if you have, we didn't think he was for you, I think this is a good start because I definitely think it's a bit more accessible. Meanwhile, still retaining all his eccentricities and uniqueness. So that was a lot of waffle, but hopefully that made sense. Um, and yeah, so secondly, I'm just going to go into Escape. Traces of my lipstick. So we all know who Escape are. Night is R&B girl group, you know, but... Um, people may know them via Candy, who's on Real Housewives now, and Tiny, who has her show with Two Islands, also currently on, well, in going through some legal issues regarding sexual assault. But anywho, Escape, classic R&B girl group. And I've said before that, even though they're not my favourite R&B girl group, I do feel like they definitely are left out of the conversation when we discussed the great girl groups of the 90s. And Considering how they had three platinum albums, like four number one singles, they just weren't really discussed in the same way we discuss a TLC or a Destiny's Child or an En Vogue, SWV, blah, blah, blah. So I don't even know. I think I just saw a tweet a tweet about them. And then I just literally, for the whole week, I just played their their final album before they broke up called Traces of My Lipstick, which came out in 1998. And it's just so good. It's just like, just gems, just bangers and bangers and bangers and just great vocals and great harmonies and just great... You know, we talk about, and I know people say we glorify night as R&B, but we hear albums like this, like, how can you not? <laughs> it's like, if you hear songs like 
softest place on earth or all i need and am i dreaming and hold on my favorite song on this album and candy killed this song and i love that all four of them just are able to shine in such different ways and they just sound so good together and and it's just kind of it's just like great to know that that was once mainstream music because like because it can just be so weird now to know that R&B is kind of like a fringe genre. But like, I'm hearing these great songs and shout out to Jermaine Dupree and Daryl Simmons and, and Joe. Joe wrote one song on here. So, so it's Place on Earth, which I did not know to this day. I'm like, wow, I didn't know he wrote that song. And um, yeah, man. So I just love Escape. We need to give them more reverence, more respect. And yeah, I mean, I still maintain that SWV are going to win the verses. Like, sorry, SWV are my girls. But I love Escape too. And um, yeah, that's it for this week. Supping with feet, Deacon, for something new, and escape traces of my lipstick for something old. Cool. And you gotta give yourself Eden Mackenzie Goddard. You gotta give yourself more credit, man, because you always say you waffle, but you use these words and adjectives and descriptors to describe these albums that make them really, really easy to connect to and understand what you're trying to say. So you gotta give yourself some more love, man, because the way you described that Supping with Feet album was beautiful, and I'm actually really looking forward to experiencing that. So, um. Yeah, thank you for describing that album. Well, so let's see what... Oh, you, I thought you were going to say something. No, I was going to say, let's see what Uncle Eden has for us this week. Well, I don't have a lot, really. Um, what I have this week is... So, basically, okay. <laughs> As always, it comes with a story. So, I've been trying to raise my vibration. I'm at that point in Ankh Life, um, you know... Do, um, do you say Ankh Life? I'm, where I'm dead. It's all about... <laughs> yeah, Ankh Life. So <laughs> it's all about raising vibrations and kind of just letting life, all the good things just come around. You keep attracting good people as I have surrounding me right now. So I've been listening to, I put a playlist together. Don't try and find it because it's on private. I make terrible playlists, by the way. I, I'm not great at playlists. Um, and literally the songs on this um, playlist are Golden by Jill Scott, Sunshine by Tom Meesh, Looking For Me by Paul Wood, um, Wolford and Diplo and Kareen Lomax, sorry. Decided, Odunsi, Yovoy um, by Zion and Lennox. Anywhere by Chop Daily and Jaja by Aya Nakamura. So I've literally been listening to that on repeat because um, one thing that's really important, and I always try to get across in this podcast because obviously it's a music podcast. Um, music is such a healing art. It's so important. Like, the reason there's such a passion you probably hear from this podcast is because we have been healed in different areas of our lives by music and it's such a passion for us um because we've seen what it's done for us as black people obviously um a lot of people from our community aspire to be musicians because we've got stories to tell we've got things to enjoy um but literally listening to upbeat music above a certain hertz and um decibels not decibels hertz sorry um changes how you feel and kind of the energy you send out to the world i sound like my dad it's actually so scary but um so i've been listening to a lot of good music lately chronics chronology has been played i played smile jamaica um skanking sweet um and then i listened to aj tracy which isn't kind of upbeat but i listened to a little more love so aj tracy recently dropped his second album called flu game and um, i actually really enjoyed the two songs he put out one called anxious and the other one called um little more love and you can tell he's kind of still on that american um appeal he's still trying to 
um, almost be like a mix between American and British in the way that he approaches his music. But I really enjoy what I've listened to so far. Haven't actually listened to the album, um, but looking forward to. And then let me think, is there anything else that I would recommend? Hmm. I'm really enjoying this Justin Bieber album, guys. I can't even lie to you. I I think I deeped the other day that you I'm actually what? a believer. I'm, I, can't I haven't lie. heard this album like, either. I mean, not either. I mean, I haven't heard this album yet. But um, I'm able that we're able to have that conversation because I, I still maintain that, you know, Believe had some great songs. Journal's obviously, ugh, I'm, I'm sorry, we all know, a great, incredible album. And Purpose was great. That last album wasn't it, though. But Justin Bieber has given us a lot of great songs over the years. But sorry, continue. Yep, definitely. I literally loved Purpose. Like, Show Me, Banger. Um, Sorry, I'll Show You. Sorry. Uh, What else? Uh, Company. Purpose. All of these songs, Bang. Um, Journals. We know we love that. And you know you've you Everyone all that does. song by Justin Bieber Everyone that you does. like, but you can't tell anyone that you like. So I'm gonna keep mine. I'm I'm not gonna tell you what mine is, but you know he had bangers when he was younger. We can deny it as much as we want, but we did listen to them and they did slap. So, but um, yeah. So those are my listens so far. So High Vibration, Jill Scott, Tom Mish, um, all of these artists that I recommended before, and then you've got AJ Tracy and Justin Bieber, and that is it from today. Obviously Nick isn't here today, so we won't get his listens. Feel free to share your listens with us on social media. So you can find us at DATSPOD on Twitter, Instagram, or Vero. And feel free to use the hashtag DATSPOD. We love to know that people are out there listening. And also, we like to see your face as well to see who is listening. So please feel free to join in with the discussion. And yeah, let us know what you're listening to. Right. Cool. That is it. Yes. So we're now going to get into the news section. section. And we're going to start things off with a story that just continues to unfold and have new new layers and <laughs> new chapters almost 20 years later. So Justin Timberlake is in hot water once again for evils he did many years ago. So obviously early this year, he was dragged for his role in the destruction of British Bridges' mental health in the, after Prime River came out and lots of misogyny and slut-shaming and just a consistent thread of questionable behavior that kind of uh, ascertained that for some reason he just couldn't move on or let it go, trying to use her as a selling point. And now, Britney Spears is now back in the story, but crossed his path with the other woman who he has wronged. Respecting legends, Janet Jackson, the Queen of Pop, you know, my girl. So, it has now come out that the infamous boardroom malfunction that happened at the Super Bowl in 2004 was actually planned by Justin Timberlake in order to upstage Britney Spears, who obviously had a very massive moment when she kissed Madonna Christina at the VMAs, which is kind of seen as an iconic moment in pop culture, and, you know, it was a massive deal back in the day. So apparently he was very, very determined to do something bigger and better than that to generate as much attention and press and, you know, I guess positive controversy, as one would call it. And this was revealed by a stylist called Wayne Scott Lucas, who style Janet for that for that event and yeah apparently the plan was just to do a regular performance obviously some sexualized dancing but Justin wanted to remove Janet's bustier bra whatever in order to have the same effect that was given to Britney Christina Madonna in 2003 so Eden McKenzie Goddard your thoughts um 
I'll tell you why I'm in two minds about this. Um, <laughs> I'm in two minds because, like, in one, I have compassion for these two people who were in a public relationship and obviously it went wrong all of these things happened and then um Justin Timberlake being who he was had all of this ego and wanted to essentially get back at Britney Spears for whatever and I think see this is this is my thing with the podcast if this was last season I would have gone in but I think now I understand that sometimes people do things for their own perceived reasons and we all grow and have to unlearn and understand our reasons. I, I just can't be here like judging this person. I hope Britney Spears's uh, mental health has improved and she's doing the work to... Um, continue to live a happy life obviously she's still going through a battle um allegedly because we don't know and it was um, disproven in court but she is going through a battle with her father at the moment um allegedly like i said um in terms of a conservatorship so we do have some questions around her mental health still and stuff like that but i 20 years ago it's a long time and in terms of the Janet Jackson thing, was Janet in on this or did he just speak to the designer who was designing her thing? I don't, I'm trying to understand. This is a question. The way, the way, the way the stylist made it out, and it, and even, it actually even makes sense. If you look at the performance, it looks like he just ripped the taboo stay off and then it happened. And even so, if you look at Janet's face in that moment, she looks even as surprised as the rest of the world was. But I think Janet, not Janet, Justin's plan was to just reveal like whatever bra she was wearing hmm. and then obviously it ended up being her boobie <laughs> um so yeah hmm. but and if it, so what is the so sorry i'm just trying to understand what the the costume designer revealing this what is the kind of goal yeah i don't i don't yeah i don't really know <laughs> what the point was or even where it even came from but i don't know i guess they're just kind of in the media right now there is definitely which i'm kind of here for but I guess an agenda to to stain Justin Timberlake's name, and definitely it's, mm. it's, it's, it's piggybacking off the Britney Spears stuff that happened with the documentary. And I guess, and I think obviously he apologized seventeen years later to both of them. So I think there's just mm. now still in the air. And I think even also, I think there's something else happened a few weeks ago. I think Janet posted something about we should all learn to forgive or whatever. But then Justin's manager commented, yeah, you're still hopping, about, hopping on about Justin Timberlake, even though she doesn't, hasn't said anything. And she doesn't, you know, Janet doesn't speak. She doesn't, she doesn't do anything. <laughs> she literally just like said, we should all learn to forgive each other and have grace or whatever. Then, then Justin's manager commented on her picture saying, but why are you still hopping on Justin? And it's just like, who, whoa, where did this energy came, come from? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. So I think that also generates some controversy and generates some press, which we didn't discuss. But there was also some, mm. there was some negative press a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago when that happened. And I think now this has happened again. So the stylist has now come out and said, oh yeah, it was planned by Justin to upstage Britney, whatever, whatever, whatever. And yeah. So I think that's why it's coming out. But I don't see why. But I'm here for it. I, I I am here for it because mm. I we didn't really discuss it, but I didn't really like that 
he came out all this time later when so much damage has been done to both of them. Especially, well, actually, let me even say especially. I'll say, obviously, in terms of Britney's mental health, there were obviously other aspects of her of her life that contributed to that. But in terms of Janet's career, Janet's career was irre- irreparably damaged after that. Like, things, mm-hmm. I think... The, I think things have gotten a bit better in the last few years thanks to social media. And I think people are starting to recognise that she was mm-hmm. done a fair, a very bad deal. A very bad deal. I think people don't understand, like, you know, she was blacklisted from MTV, The VH1. She, she, her impact to the Grammys of the year was revoked. Like, they really tried to get her out of here. They really tried to act like she was a nobody and she wasn't one of the biggest pop stars in the world. Like, And I think even now, to this day, I think it even filters in the way we discuss on social media i think some people don't really give her the respect that she deserves i think people just kind of been made somewhat of a joke in these last 20 years and you know that's why people thank god you know thank god for youtube and wikipedia and articles people actually like no this is what happened this is who she was and this is why she's so beloved but i think those Mm -hmm. last 20 years she really just was not really being given the respect that she was deserving and was you know and it came out that I can't remember his name, some guy called Les Moonves, who's like the, you can Google him now, let me just get it correct. He did something. Les Moonves, he's an executive. Yeah, so he was like the chairman and CEO of like CBS, and he was like, apparently he like made a, an invested interest in making sure that she was like, this is from everywhere possible, everywhere, all forms of media, to just destroy her career. That was what was against her. And Justin just got off scot-free and went on to have the biggest biggest success of his of his career after. Meanwhile, she went just down. And then obviously in Britney's case, mm-hmm. I think I don't even know this till recently, but someone actually made a thread of how Justin has kind of come at Britney like for years, even after the Crime River, like in performances and in interviews, mm-hmm. he would slut shame her like years later, even as early as even as recently as like 2017, he was still like having her in her mouth. And he's just like, whoa, mm-hmm. clearly there's just some behavior here and some some characteristics which aren't likable and are not really, really nice. And then the fact that, you know, you really, you know, you've not so directly, but you've indirectly played a big part in a lot of these women's relative downfalls career-wise and personally-wise. And then you just kind of evade responsibility for so long. Mm-hmm. Because obviously he did the apology mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, but... It wasn't the first time we've discussed this. Like, he's been getting dragged about this for years. Like, he would tweet something, people would be as much as Polish Janet Jackson. It's not the first mm-hmm. time. In fact, I even remember, I think, after the BT was, he tweeted something, and then someone commented about Polish Janet Jackson. <laughs> and he was like, oh, you sweet one, if only you knew we were, we're all the same, we're all human race, some, some dumb shit, all lives matter like that. So this isn't the first time he's addressed it. So he's very aware of the conversations that have happened around him and Janet. Like, he's not, this isn't new to him. Mm. So, obviously, he officially apologised this year, but we all know he's been aware, fully aware, <laughs> of the discourse around how that whole situation panned out for both of them. And same with Britney. He's very aware. His publicists are aware, his managers are aware, but I guess this year, the documentary just really put things into overdrive and just kind of became unavoidable, where he kind of had to say something. He was able to just kind of scale off for so long, mm. but whereas now it's like, now nah, he can't. And I just didn't like that because it just seems like, it seems like you're just, you're just doing it for a good look and just to further your agenda of that, oh, I'm a decent person and still buy my album when it comes out, but you know, I'm working on an album, I've got a movie coming out, rather than just, actually, no, I was a shitty person and I 
contributed to a system that, you know, is racist and sexist, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. But, yeah, I agree with you. I don't know why the story is coming out now, but, hey, I'm here for it. No. <laughs> so, what I'm, what I'm actually saying, I don't know if I said this clearly, but I just wanted to understand what the kind of mood was around this and what people were feeling because I kind of have to look at this for... I have to look at it in two different ways. One way I have to say that when it comes to the racism aspect that you spoke about before, that's where Justin Timberlake was when he spoke. And obviously um, he had his own experience. I don't know if anyone watches This Is Us recently, but there was a conversation around race and um, ignorance versus race. Yes, Kevin and Randall. And um, like... Kevin was being his best white man that episode. Yeah. But also, he was being the whitest white man he could but, be. In. But also, it allowed me to understand something. Sometimes we ask people to apologize for things they don't even understand. Like when you say to some, when someone says, "I'm sorry if I," obviously that is an apology that um, leaves a question more than it does provide something. Um, so, in this essence, like I completely understand why people would be frustrated and obviously harm has been caused on the side of Britney Spears and Janet Jackson and um, Justin Timberlake is currently um, working through it in terms of how he can but I have to look at some aspects of this in terms of if what the um, fashion designer is saying is true and he did try to upstage Britney Spears of course of course I think we have to look at the whole system the role the media played as well in competing them against each other and also the music industry as well in terms of how competitive it is and how sometimes they would drop music and people would say, oh, Britney's album did this or Justin's album did this. I think one thing we need to start doing is looking at people for the humans that they are. And that doesn't mean that we have to say, oh, what they did was okay. But it allows us to actually understand that. (laughs) Okay, so this is going back to a Buddhist belief and I told you guys that I kind of have been reading into a lot of Buddhism lately. But in the in the Buddhism kind of doctrine, there isn't... Yeah, in the Buddhist, Buddhist doctrine, there's an understanding that good and bad people don't exist. What actually exists is the ignorant. And um, I forgot what the other version of it is. And in the ignorant state, you will do things and not realize the harm that is caused. This is why when someone says you have harmed them, and you are confused and you say, oh, I didn't mean to do this. It doesn't take away the impact, but at least they understand your intention wasn't to harm them. Justin Timberlake's reaction to me sounds more like a thing of ego, which is what the music industry demanded of him at the time. Um, but at the same time, there are some things that happen in the music video that shouldn't have happened. But I think we need to look at the cycle of things we as a cons- as consumers also play a role in what happens with celebrities and that d- that doesn't mean that what ja- what happened to Janet is fair what happened to Britney Spears is fair but i just ask i have this question around harm and society and kind of how it's dealt with we're asking Justin Timberlake to be held accountable for his actions but w- will there be space for him to do so in society will there be an opportunity for him to apologize there was a very interesting quote, and shout out Alex Holmes for sending me this. Um, it's by Kyrie Irving, basketball player. And he says, one second, 
it's a really really interesting quote and it actually changed it actually came to me at the right time so it said um let's be open to being held accountable but let's go let's also go towards those who can express their love and acceptance of us even while calling us out to show up better we owe no one perfection and for me listen i will never understand britney spears's experience i will never understand um janet jackson's experience and i wouldn't i would never pretend to um at the same time i have to say i will never understand justin timberlake's experience he is a white man i'm a black man justin timberlake has been in the public eye since he was a teenager so i kind of have this question because we talk about how celebrities are under all this pressure their entire lives to be perfect and all these different types of things how do we resolve this harm what is the restorative option for these people because in terms of how it usually works out is people demand an apology and then once you apologize they cancel you and you have to figure out and no one actually kind of wins at the end um so i just have a question around that with regards to the costume thing i i'm very confused by it if i'm being completely honest i don't understand what i'm supposed to take away from this situation so justin timberlake in tried to upstage Britney Spears during a time where they were both publicly broken up broken up and competing any of you listeners listening to this podcast right now have you never been in a situation where you are um you you kind of feel hurt by someone and i don't know like like life just happens and that doesn't excuse what happens but we have to understand people are human um but saying that i wish what happened with justin timberlake and britney spears in terms of the crimea river video and all of the comments that he made over the years didn't happen it's time to move on 17 to 20 years later is is ridiculous um and it's time to just kind of see what you can do to heal what you can that's the important thing that's what we need to focus on janet jackson is amazing and whilst we have to hold justin timberlake accountable for the fact that he did what he did we also need to hold the industry accountable as well oh yeah because of course we can talk about the white man having all this power and everything but we need to look at the entire chain because justin timberlake didn't blacklist janet jackson as far as we know as far as we know the industry blacklisted her because of what happened and that's misogyny that is misogynoir all of these different types of things that we're told about again i'm saying this as an imperfect person um but as an observer i can see that it is a system that we have to unlearn there's a lot of healing going on at the moment and a lot of tough conversations that people are having Mm, um mm, mm. and all we can really do is try and heal through it but we need to understand we are unlearning a system And as participants of the system, there are going to be situations where people have to unlearn things and we have to give them the space to. So in regards to this, this might be an opportunity to talk about how people should maybe look up restorative or transformative justice. This is a conversation that is ongoing always as an alternative to um, the legal system or the the judicial system for ways um, for people to heal harms. Um, that they have caused because there was a statistic that showed that 85% of people who go through um, trials actually don't want the person to go to prison. They just want to be understood. So saying that, Justin Timberlake, I hope you've learned your lesson. 
I hope that people aren't being hypocrites right now on the internet by attacking him. Britney Spears, always wishing for your mental health to get better. And I hope that you are able to have the space to get better as well. And they get you out of this alleged, alleged, alleged conservatorship. And Janet Jackson, please keep being great. Please understand that we love you and your community loves you. Um, and we see you. I think it's important that we say that. But at the same time, let's get rid of this idea that people are just bad for bad sake. That isn't how the world works most of the time. You've got to understand there is cause and effect. Why are people's actions motivated to be the way they are? I'm not saying, I'm not victim blaming and saying Britney Spears is the focus. I'm actually blaming society. And I'm blaming the fact that um, there is this pressure on celebrity culture at the moment. That's just my understanding. I could be wrong. I'm open to being wrong. Um, if you have any comments on this, please feel free to join the conversation on Datspod, D-A-T-S-P-O-D. But I just kind of want to leave this here by saying you can only meet people where you are at. Mm. I think the, the issue, Justin, is... And I was actually it's funny that we're discussing this because I was actually listening to another podcast called Still Processing. And the, the recent episode was actually about these celebrity apologies after someone gets dragged or gets cancelled. And a big point that they mm. made, which stuck with me, is that you do these apologies, then what? And that's why I feel the case is with Justin, because... Obviously, yes, he obviously didn't blacklist Janet, and obviously there are other reasons as to why Bruni turned out the way she did. But he was a contributing factor, and he's actually, and obviously, he's a public facing figure. So naturally, he's the one that people can attack. Mm. And I think, especially in the case of Janet, mm. that what they're saying is that he could have done way more at the time, let alone now. He could have done way more, he could have said way more, he could have spoke up way more. Because obviously it was going to be fine, and now do now and then even once again with her, he made some sl- some slight digs at her even in the for in the months and years after it initially mm. happens. So it was kind of like there was kind of there's definitely it wasn't like he was just uh, necessarily contributing. He was kind of like in, complicit in making in, in continuing it in perpetuating what happened with the two of them, and mm. that's why he's getting dragged, mm. which I kind of understand. Mm. But yes, we have to understand. But mm. of course, like you said, which is a very good point that obviously he himself has pressure to kind of be perfect and, you know, maintain his image for the sake of album sales and whatever, whatever, and everything. But obviously, he was he had just gone solo at the time. But I think the issue is that people were like, yes, you're a cog in the machine, but you could have done way more and you arguably made mm. things worse, both of them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I absolutely hear that. I absolutely hear that. And I think they're right in saying that. I think the the kind of thing I'm trying to say is, obviously, what can he do now? I think that's what the conversation needs to be. What Which is a good question. How does to, he redeem himself? Um, support Janet Jackson and Britney Spears and their future careers. How can he support them? How can he um, redeem himself? I think my thing is, yeah, because obviously no no slight towards um, the podcast you referred to or anything. I'm sure it's a, it's a great podcast and they had a great conversation about it. But we have to look at what are the options like in in terms of cancel culture and society and everything at the moment what are the options you're saying that um he's written the apology what now i mean what is the solution i think when it comes to harm the most important question you can ask is what do you need from me like once someone has come to you and said oh you've you've upset me you've harmed me in this way and all these different types of things 
the most and I've learned this recently the most important question you can ask is okay I apologize what do you need from me to heal this harm and then that person will need to tell you what they need from you and you will need to decide as an individual if it's something that you can do but I don't in terms of celebrity culture I don't understand how that can work because I don't know maybe Justin Timberlake needs to do some advocacy around mental health or um, maybe he needs to invest in um, a, 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 I don't know something from um, Janet Jackson's community or something along those lines be an advocate for something but I think I, this is a much bigger conversation that I might have on, a, on a, another podcast or something but in terms of how we heal as a community as a kind of society we need to figure out what people can do to um, re-emerge or see the other side or kind of invest in supporting the people they have harmed because at the moment, I don't think there are many options for people to um, address it. So I would say that to Justin Timberlake, Justin Timberlake, if he was asking this, what go to the people and say, what do you need from me? But there are some kids. Oh, that's another thing. Before we continue, that's another thing that people have mentioned is that his apology just seemed for the sake of clearing his own name rather than is it like an apology to the public rather than an apology to Britney and Janet themselves? Like, yes, you put it's like, but I mean, obviously, we, we who, who we we're just nobodies, we're you know, we're all part of the public. But have you had a conversation with Janet herself, Britney herself, about what you did mm-hmm. and the role you played? It's all well and good doing this Instagram apology to us, mm-hmm. millions of followers, but we're just spectators, we just comment on what happens, we just purveyors, we're voyeurs of pop culture, mm-hmm. but. At the end of the day, it's not us that were affected. Mm. Yeah, that's true. It's like, so yeah. that's another thing. So I think another part about what can you do is that, yes, there are, of course, um, generally more, I guess, restorative things you can do. Mm. But also it's like, I think I think even just for Janet and Brittany, I can't speak to them, I don't know them, but it might do with them a lot of good to hear, hear something from him one-on-one beyond the scope of public public domain. Mm. And yeah. this, it just seemed very PR. This, mm. this whole thing. That's why. And I, everything you said, I completely agree with. But I just think that between the, doing it 17 years later, the story coming out now, and the new manager commenting on Janet's picture a few weeks ago, it just seems like, it just seems like, it's just like a hash dash, like, oh, okay, let me just repair. Oh, okay. Shit's really hit the fan. Rather than, I don't get a sense that he's truly thought about <laughs> what has mm. happened. That's yeah. what my, that's what my thing is. And I think that's why, the dragging has continued ever since that documentary has come out <laughs> these yeah. last few weeks. Yeah. I, yeah, I hear that. I definitely hear that. Um, and I hear your concern about um, his, him kind of doing like a publicity apology. But then again, I kind of ask what the public want. Because if, mm. he, if mm. he apologized in private and they never heard it, they would say he never apologized. And because he's a public figure, that's how people kind of see harm being repaired. So I kind of question what we're asking because like, I know it doesn't sound like it and I'm really trying to kind of be um, sensitive around this conversation, but ultimately I'm asking how we can better have conversations around harm and how we can um, create situations where 
it's less about ego and more about healing because this this conversation is a conversation that can relate to so many different things in life and um i just think we're looking at as spectators as people who aren't celebrities and so therefore like it's going to be easy to criticize them because we think that everything we see is their actual life when it actually isn't there are things that probably went off yeah things that probably went on in private and all these different types of things um but a lesson that i i personally learned is sometimes you have to just leave things be and unfortunately what that means is someone might not get an apology or um, you might not get an apology but sometimes you just need to let it be and if it's meant to be resolved in private in in public or whatever it will be and I'm, I'm just thinking how do you do that as a celebrity like how do you how do you repair a harm without publicizing it because what happened was public so I, I don't want it to sound like I'm um excusing Justin Timberlake for the things that have happened in the past they shouldn't have happened but they have that is the fact of the matter what I'm asking is as the public are we just trying to find ways to um critique the way that he has apologized or are we trying to find actual ways that he can repair the harm? Now, I imagine I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for asking that question, but I'm genuinely interested because... No, I think I it's a fair question because if we're giving it a buck, we're keeping it at 100, there is kind of like this idea of that, you know, and we see all the time on social media like, oh, we should give each other's grace, blah, blah, blah. We're all learning. We're all transient humans who are changing every day and blah, 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 blah. Perfection is death as... You know, Osho and would say things like that. You know, not the only one who's done your own um, spiritual reading there, Eden Mackenzie Goddard. Anyway, <laughs> um, mm. which is fair, but it does seem like, not even the case of Justin, but even others who have been quote unquote cancelled, that there's like, it's like the damage is done. It's like, no matter what you say, that's it, you're done. You know what I mean? And I kind of do get that kind yeah. of rhetoric with yeah. this now. It's like, even though he's apologized and he's getting dragged again it's kind of like now we want him to just stay there we want him to stay getting dragged for the rest of eternity as like justice for what happened to Brittany in January which is I'm not gonna lie a part of me doesn't really care I'm like hey I'm here for it because and because like I said if I'm gonna look at it from the next you, material public damage was done to Janet's career and Brittany's career <laughs> it's like a lot was done mm. a lot I can't. I like, yeah. have to keep stressing yeah. that because, like, you can go on Google. Mm. Like, so, yeah. like, Janet really has to shelter. I, and I was nine years old, so I don't. I can't really remember what happened. I, I remember it happening, but I can't imagine what it would have been like with me being twenty sixteen mm. at the hat to happen in real time with an adult brain to see what was really happening to her. Like, and even now, because like even mm. now, people talk about the album that came out after mm. just like. That yeah. album should have been a lot bigger than it was. And even even impacted the press of that album. Like a lot of critics were calling it a shit album. And not because it was shit, but it's yeah. because oh she was a black woman who showed her baby on television. Da, da, da. It's kinda of like the perception of her and Britney just changed in visceral ways. And even now, like so now that's like how Janet is only now starting to get her flowers again in the in the last like four or five years. Mm. But now I think people are now starting to deep how 
how much we all played, media played in damaging Britney's mental health and well-being. And like I said, I keep saying it, obviously Justin wasn't the only contributing factor. There were other things in Britney's life that happened. Yeah. But yep. but Justin's continual digging and bringing her up in interviews and, and even like cussing her on his tours and things like that. Because I can't remember, I think he, there was a clip of him like performing a few songs and he made some thinly veiled remarks, which were clearly about her. And this was like years later. <laughs> and this was, and apparently this was, and this was going on at the peak of her of her issues. Mm. So yeah, it's just it's very mm, I don't know. But I get your point though. It does kind of seem like you know mm. it's it, you're damned if yeah. you do, if you're damned if you don't. But I think in this case now, and I do understand there are some people who have definitely been cancelled, quote unquote, and who I feel are trying to make some changes, but we just want to yeah. get it. But I think with Justin, it's just I don't believe it. It just seems so, and like the fact that your manager. And that's, and that's your manager. This is your manager. Why is your manager in Janet's comments cussing her? Why? Your manager. And obviously, you two, I imagine, are close, yet you talk all the time about your career and your life, whatever. If, the, mm. if someone that close to you is still coming with energy, yeah. what does it say about yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you've highlighted quite a few interesting things there. Um, I think ultimately there is this kind of. But we need to give more grace. I, I do think, because, and I'm sorry just cutting off, but. I watched the Kelly Price interview in the Breakfast Club. Um, it was actually a very good interview, one of the best interviews they've done in a very long time. Can't believe I'm saying that. But what she said stuck out to me because she said that we always talk about grace, we always talk about grace, but you never know what, what, what grace until you need it. Exactly. Until you Exa- need it. Exactly. Exactly. And I think what I was going to say is you've highlighted some very, very, very important things in what you've said. I think. As a community, as an online community, or even just people in general, I think there is a recognition that we're hypocrites. We are. Like, we see people online saying things like, um, I'm not my past. I'm not who I used to be. Um, You're under no um, demand to be perfect 24-7. Well, actually, it's not true. It's not true. Now, obviously, there are things that um, happen to people and we have to take into consideration that the victim has to take the position of importance. But then we also need to look at the entire system. We need to look at how harm is caused. And then we need to look at how to heal harm afterwards. Because right now what's happening is we are putting people, there are victims of crimes that happen. And then you've got the judicial system that creates another victim especially in the black community. So I think with regards to this conversation that we're having right now, ultimately we're saying cancel culture and kind of the culture that demands a particular type of apology from Justin Timberlake. Are you going to be there as a community um, to exemplify what happens when harms have been dealt with, addressed and healed? Because I, I'm guys, when it comes to harm, it can be a very, very complicated thing, especially when it comes to um, two individual people. And I think that we need to look at a lot of things. Saying this, by the way, I am not kind of disregarding, or at least I'm not trying to disregard the fact that Justin Timberlake's a white man. So there is kind of an invincibility to cancel culture that does come to him that the likes of... Um, other people who have been cancelled won't receive but I just look at it more compassionately now I look at it more adult and I understand it a bit more 
Um, I think Chopé said it perfectly. We talk about grace, but then we don't give it until we need it. And um, I think that myself being aware of my own humanity and also thinking of people in my life who have made mistakes and they've been like, my life is finished now. I can't do anything about it. There's this idea that we need to be perfect 24-7. And I'm telling you, it is the reason why mental health numbers are so high. It is the reason people are suffering. And we need to have a conversation about healing in the right way. But I hope what I said didn't translate to we should ignore harm. I hope that's not what I was communicating. That's not what I intended. My intention behind what I was saying was be clear in what you are demanding from people. If you want people to apologize, give them the space to apologize and allow them to heal the harm that they have caused. But also, we need to understand context matters. People are celebrities. They are pitted against each other for our entertainment. That doesn't mean that Justin Timberlake gets a pass. That doesn't mean that um, we have to disregard the fact that harm was caused in terms of Britney Spears and Janet Jackson. What it means is we have to look at the whole picture and understand that everyone plays a role. And if we want things to change, we as a society need to change. We need to have conversations that might be uncomfortable, but at the same time allow us to move on and be better people. Because what's happening at the moment is we as a society have access to so much information about mental health, about um relationships how to be a better person self-help all of these different types of things but we are still holding people to this kind of um uh, like it's like irreversible idea that they can't change and i think that does more damage because people feel stuck and i as a as a man who cares about kind of um i care about mental health I can't sit here and say we can't give context to someone and then if something happens to them we'll be like well whatever um compassion is needed um and understanding is needed but I hope that came across and you guys understood what I was saying and what Chopé was saying as well because I think he highlighted it perfectly that there does need to be an investigation into the understanding of cancel culture and restorative justice what is the next step in healing? What is the next conversation? Saying that, sending love, sending peace, sending compassion, everything to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson. I hope that they're okay. I hope their families are okay. And um, yeah, I just hope that they are healing and in the in the best places at the moment. Right. So let's move on to the second and final topic of the day. So um, it's kind of, um, mm. it's all centered around DMX, but I guess there are a few strands we can, on about we can talk about um the the death itself but then there's also been uh random individuals who have come forward to, by using GoFundMe's to raise funds for a funeral who are selling merchandise and making rumors that Beyonce and Jay-Z and Kanye West are selling his masters and his family actually had to come out a few days ago and make an official statement saying that no one has bought his masters, they're not selling any merch, and they're not selling money, they're not raising money for his funeral. So basically telling you that anyone who's made any GoFundMe accounts or selling merch is not actually attached to the estate of DMX, his family, or anyone that actually worked with him. Which is very questionable and problematic in its own ways, which we'll get into. But I guess 
just to start from the beginning. So as we all know now, we didn't get to record um, that week, but um, unfortunately he passed away um, last Friday at the age of 50 after suffering a heart attack. And um, yeah, you know, and even that, even that was just um, soiled with a lot of um, miscommunication, falsified information. And just also what seems like people just wanting to be the first to post the news because I feel like they confirmed, I feel like they announced his death like twice before it actually happened. And, you know, just, you know, just seemed like this whole idea of getting clicks and metrics and analytics. And it's just, it was quite disgusting to see. It's like, this is his son's life that we're talking about. And they just seemed to rush from these unofficial sources to just be the first to post it. And it kind of, in some ways, just added more, uh, a more somber feelings when it actually did happen because it kind of people's emotions, his fans, his family, his loved ones were just kind of being up and down. But um, I guess let's start with the death itself. So um, this was a, a very, very, very sad news for me um, uh, in many ways. One, obviously, because of his music, this is someone that um, you know I've grown up with. My brother's a big fan of him and friends of mine. So in terms of like just the music and who he was, but then also I think what is most upsetting about it was that he seems to be in a good place last year. Like, you know, he um, was speaking very openly about what he's gone through, you know. He was working on a new album. He seems to be, in a, just seems physically and mentally healthy. Like, he saw him on verses. He just seemed to be in a good place. So I was actually very surprised to hear that he overdosed and relapsed. But it just kind of shows that two things. One, you never know what people are going through. And that recovering addicts are just that. They're recovering addicts. It's not a thing that's just going to be they recover and that's it. It's going to be something that they struggle with for the rest of their life. And a friend of mine actually made a, made a good point that even though he's rich and famous, like us, he may have also been struggling with the isolation brought on by lockdown and corona and things of that nature. So um, I was going to start off by saying that, you know, obviously rest in peace to him. It's a massive, um, massive loss in music. And I just really want to just highlight who he was as an artist because I don't think that and we all we all like you know he's become you know a bit more of a meme recently because of the root of the red nose reindeer and the what and all that stuff but um you know this was this was a a great artist a great MC and and I what I personally loved about him was that you really got to see the completeness and fullness of who he was on record whether that was him being vulnerable, whether that was being antagonistic, whether that was him being a sex symbol, whether that was him dealing with self-hate and his struggles with, um, you know, with um, spirituality and um, his sense of self-worth. Like, you really got, you, you really got this full sense of who, like, he didn't shy away from anything without apology. Like, he was who he was. And also, I just think that he just had one of the greatest and the most abrasive and unique deliveries and the way he just paired with Swizzbee's production, just amazing and amazing. And I also want to highlight him as a lyricist, because I don't feel like we actually discussed that enough either. Like when I say we, I just mean like, like, not necessarily like a particular community, but I just mean that I kind of feel that we need to kind of, when it comes to artists who die, I just want to highlight the fullness and I guess the many, many, many aspects of who they were. And I just feel like, you know, he was a great lyricist, a great writer. Yes. We love his delivery. We love his flow. We love his energy. But like, if you just even hear songs like um uh uh what's the word? Slip in, 
or Damien, even though that's a very dark song, and there were a lot of <laughs> a lot of dark songs that he had because you know, like I said, he was very very open about what he had gone through and continued to go through in his life. But um, yeah, I just wanted to highlight that, and then I guess if he has any thoughts, then we can get into the people who are trying to make money off his death. But yeah, I'll let Eden speak. So ultimately, looking at this. Looking at DMX passing was very, very sad. Um, anyone passing is sad, but it's the fact that I think DMX represented an idea. He was someone who was struggling with, let's say, demons for now. He had a lot of kind of mm-hmm. battles that he was facing, um, whether it was addiction or um going to prison um, repeatedly and kind of going bankrupt and all of these different types of things. He really exemplified the journey mm. that he had to go mm. on to essentially become this um, figure in hip hop, which cannot be denied. And his passing, when I heard about it, I was just like, I was sad because I was like, wow, that's how the journey ends. Like you kind of, I think watching his journey, it really humanized the individual for me. And he didn't shy away from talking about his battle with addiction and his relationship with God. And um, he spoke about a few things um, which you can take on a spiritual aspect or you can take as a literal where he he spoke about his deal with the devil and kind of going back to Christianity and um, all of these different types of things. And we had someone before us who exemplified the human condition. He was someone who, in its purity, was a trying person. And his environment created circumstances and behaviors that he had to navigate as an individual. So his passing for me was really sad because it's one of the few celebrities that spoke so openly about his journey and I don't think we as a community um really had the opportunity to kind of sit in that that um sermon really because he was really preaching in a lot of the things he was saying and sometimes um people go through things and they don't realize what someone has said until they go through it themselves and I'm I'm imagining a lot of addicts let's say people who are addicted to rather than addicts but people who are addicted to um certain lifestyles or um substances saw dmx's journey and used it as hope um so we say r.i.p to dmx on this podcast we say thank you very much for the spirit and energy that you injected into hip-hop and our individual black communities around the world you were a beacon for so much hope so much peace and as a result we honor you now that you've passed um looking at you as as who you were there are some people that just have an energy about them that just have a presence and dmx was one of those people so rip dmx and we hope you rest in peace and that is from donald at the stands i'm sure nick would say the same as well um so yeah rip to him and don't so i wanted to ask if so what were your thoughts on the various rumors and people who were trying to make money with these fake GoFundMe accounts and funeral expenses and selling unauthorized merch and 
the fact that his family, because I thought that was really disgusting, the fact that his family are already mourning and, you know, just grappling with the fact that they've lost this man. And now there's people out there in the world who are just trying to make money and just go through the the burden of not having to power an official statement to clarify mm. that none of these things are happening are true. So, so that's what's so on that. I have compassion for them because <laughs> this is going to shock Chopin, but there is a there's a saying in the Bible. Um, oh wow! It's something along I'm definitely the, surprised. It's something along the lines of um, forgive them for they. They don't know what they do, or something along those lines. And Lauren Hill said that too. Pardon me. Lauren Hill said that too. Yeah. In her song. And and when it comes to consciousness, but also awareness. Look, I don't. I don't want to seem like I'm trying to say what they're doing wasn't correct. It wasn't. It's not. But what I'm saying is, again, let's look at the system. We're in COVID. People are losing jobs. I mean, we're in a recession. We shouldn't have to live in a system where people make money from people dying, but unfortunately we do. And the reason for that is because we have a culture that perpetuates the idea that in order to eat and have basic um, livelihoods, you need to be earning some kind of a living. And I've spoken before about how um, I don't like when labels release posthumous albums or um, they do tours to celebrate artists' deaths and all these different types of things. And they fake recordings and songs with other artists and say that it was unreleased recordings and all these different types of things. Because what happens then is you start to see that to the music industry, a lot of these artists are just products that are just shifted out into the market and their whole lives are disregarded. And this is why I give grace to a lot of these kind of um, these conversations we have around artists. It must be incredibly hard to be an individual in the public eye whilst trying to live your own individual journey and be as good as a human being as you can be. And when I think about um, all of these people who are basically stealing from this family or at least um, disrespecting the name of DMX, I say forgive them because they do not know what they are doing they do not know what they are doing and that doesn't mean and i hope you try and understand what i'm saying i'm not saying they aren't aware of the harm that they are causing then and they're not aware that it's a bad thing that they're doing i'm saying they don't understand the harm they are causing on a deeper level and that will come from reflection and understanding um in a lot of spiritual texts there's this idea that when someone does something to harm others, they actually create more suffering for themselves. And in doing this, they will have some form of um, harm. I don't wish that on them at all. I don't wish harm on anyone, but that's just how the universe works. Um, now, with regards to the like reality of the situation, it is disgusting that DMX's family have to come out and say all of this and basically... Um, try and protect his image and his legacy and all these different types of things part and parcel of that is the fact that he was a celebrity but also people are just taking advantage of the moment which is something we need to take into consideration and just make sure it doesn't happen in future but i do hope that they are able to grieve privately for a death that was so public um that is something that i don't believe a lot of celebrities are given space to do 
Um, and DMX is an individual was someone who I know community was also like always at his heart. So it's sad to hear, but it's the reality of the system we're in. It's capitalism. That's all it is. Um, so whilst I can look at the people and say they are doing bad things, I don't judge them as bad people. Um, and I hope that there's an understanding there that it's the system that needs to change. We can punish the people as much as we want, but it is the system at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, saying that continued RIP and always RIP rest in peace to DMX and sending love, compassion and everything to his family as well, because they must have suffered going through all of this and they're very brave to come out and disprove what's going on. So sending them love. Mm, yeah. Massive, massive love to his family, friends, those who knew him, his children, especially Swiss beats actually, um, posted like a 15 minute video and it was such a, it was so heartbreaking to watch because I know that was obviously someone who they were very close they came up together a big mm. part of why we know who Swizzbeats is is because of the production on DMX's early albums and so that was very sad to see but then also to add to the point quickly before we round up that I was very shocked to see that DMX had a new single drop yesterday I was like there's new music already there's new music already. Mm. It ha- it's been a week and we already have a new a new song from mm. DMX. And I didn't listen to it. I probably mm. will. I don't know if it's good or not, but it's just it's just the fact and I knew it was gonna happen. Like this always happens when someone dies, but I don't think I've ever seen a celebrity death where capitalism has gotten this involved this quickly. Like I feel like when Whitney Houston died, it was a good mm. six months before they put out something. Same with Michael, same with uh, Prince, it was a good while, a good, but a week. It's been a week, and we already have a new mm. song from him. I just like, wow. It just goes back to Eden's point that mm. you're worth, well, you're worth dead more than alive because I'm sure this will do well streaming wise yeah. and in iTunes, things like that. But it's just, where's the, like, I feel like I understand you've got to make money for a label, but. It's just, where is the tact? It's like, do you not see that it's in poor taste to do something mm. this quickly? But I think that's the question. This quickly. I think that's the question. Is it? Because the labels wouldn't release it if they didn't get a reaction. So is it poor taste? Because we like we know it is on the surface level. But if um, if one of our favorite, favorite artists passed and they dropped a song, would you go and listen to it? we have to question the action behind if we play a part in it because they're releasing it for a reason. There is a demand there. Especially now. If there's no demand, they they wouldn't release it. So whilst we can blame the labels, we need to look at ourselves and say, how are we engaging with art after someone passes? What happens to it? What? Where is the true value coming from? Because it's not coming from just the label putting it out. It's always much deeper than that. And that's to say the whole picture needs to be taken into consideration. Mm. Um, but sorry to interrupt your point. No, that was all I had to say. That was all I had to say. I just was very surprised when I saw that. But um, hey-ho, labels are going to label. Capitalists are going to capitalists. Yep. So. Indeed. But, um, yeah, just um, massive um, rest in peace to him. And to those of you who've never really given... Um, DMX a proper listener of his big singles because he obviously had a lot of iconic hits I just want to send my personal recommendation 
a favorite album of mine and my brother's was The Great Depression. That was his third album, 2001. And then also just, I feel like a song mm. that really encapsulates DMX's his classic energy. Keep your shit the hardest from his, uh, from his second album. That's a banger. That's a mm-hmm. banger. Oh yeah. So I just want to mm. also just, you know, you know, on a positive, let's just yeah. share some of the music as we are a music podcast and then slip in. Like, I think that is just, I think that also is just one of his, um, cornerstone, cornerstone tracks. So, um, yeah, let's mm. end this by just sharing some recommendations. I'm sure Nick would have had many more if he was here too. Um, but yeah, some, of those, some of my personal favorites, my brother's favorites. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Cool. And that's the show. So that's the news topics today. We also want to give a shout out to Chica who announced that she's retiring from the music industry. There's a whole load of kind of conversation around why she probably felt the need to step down from the music industry. Um, And maybe one day we'll have that conversation, but we kind of just want to let it simmer for a bit, give her the opportunity to breathe. And then we'll kind of come back to that discussion and maybe talk about it in the future. Um, but as always, guys, also, this has been done like the stand. Before you go on, oh, go on. I was just going to say, Gold Link, whatever you're going through, go see a therapist, go speak to a counsellor. These, Why was... I'm not going to go too deep into it, but basically he posted all his exes, random videos of his exes on social media last night and posted a picture of Ian Connor. And so I guess they're, I'm like they've been hanging out with their friends now. And obviously, as we know... Wait, hold on. Posting pictures of his exes. Yeah, and videos of his exes. Like every one of his exes, he posted, randomly posted on his story yesterday or this morning. Um, and then he posted, and he's posted a picture of Ian Connor, who, as we all know, is a serial rapist. And so, Goldling, mm. I just, whatever you're going through, I don't know, you, you had a few questionable incidents in the last year, year and a half. So, just whatever you're going through, um, mm. I'm wishing you well, but. You're going out sad. You're really going out sad, and I really hate to see that because I am a huge fan of yours. But some of these, yeah, yeah, we may discuss it in more detail later. Maybe, maybe more will come out later in the course of this week. We may discuss it in detail next week. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay, yeah, we'll talk about if more information does come out. But I'm questioning that because literally he came to my mind the other day, and I was thinking, what happened to Goldlink? Like he's been quiet for a while, but. I hope he's okay um, in terms of mentally. Um, But yeah, there are some questionable things that you've just spoken about that we need kind of context around. So we'll wait and see. Um, Was there anything else just before I close out? No, that was it. That was it. So you can do your thing and round up. All right. Well, that has been an episode for today, guys. As always, we want to say thank you very much for listening to the episode. This has been Don't Let the Stands. It's episode six season sorry season six episode seven um and please like i always say share your thoughts with us at d-a-t-s-p-o-d on all social media feel free to enjoy the discussion um as always your hosts are i am Tyrell shoppe showerton my name is eden it's been great talking to you and as always guys enjoy your week please try and enjoy it for us and we'll catch up soon peace